the Assyrian came down like the wolf before. And its cohorts were gleaming in purple and gold, and the sheen of their spears was like stars on the sea. When the blue wave rolls nightly on deep Galilee, but the angel of death spread his wings on the blast and breathed on the face of the foes he passed. And the eyes of the sleepers waxed deadly and chill, and their hearts but once heaved and forever grew still. And forever grew still. Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. You know what I can live with, Duncan? <laughs> what can you live it, with? It's the beginning of our show. <laughs> here it is you did go you did go silent for a little bit and i'm I, like he's pressing the goal line button. yeah yeah i didn't i it wasn't as sneaky this time uh so uh here it is it is 9 30 a.m uh central time here in the united states mm-hmm. uh in england or the uk uh specifically where yep. you hail from yes. it is a 3 30 p.m kind of situation mm-hmm. and so uh that means duncan it's time for a finale and i don't know if i've ever been quite as happy to be wrapping up a season of any show that we've ever (laughs) talked about i don't um i think we maybe gave this tv show too many like too much credit in the last episode yeah <laughs> yeah well and i think that's true of like the entire season really more on this one though it, like because we were almost positive that this show would address the the rain in the room um <laughs> the rain like, in the room. like uh like immediately uh-huh and it's 25 minutes into this episode of a 45 minute episode 25 minutes before the merge well, that thing up only to only to split up at the end which don't even get me like this is just there are so many things wrong about this this entire fucking episode that <laughs> yeah. to even start somewhere is going to be difficult yeah all right so look a, a couple of things about this <laughs> one they they like they do a return of the king with the reveals where there's like <laughs> oh okay so now everybody knows oh apparently that's not the case okay now yeah. everybody knows what yeah. nobody knows still okay now no. definitely everybody knows <laughs> yeah it it's tremendously dumb um yes. <laughs> but yes, <it> is. <laughs> most importantly duncan here we yes. are we're live mm-hmm. we're together it feels good does feel good feels good <laughs> um i'm i'm excited that we're wrapping this up mostly because in two weeks time we'll be doing another duran duran episode <laughs> and Thank that God. Makes, yeah right we get like this is our reprieve it's like uh we're, we're like going on leave for good behavior or something mm-hmm. and i don't know how be, how good our behavior has been in fairness but i'm glad that it's good enough that we can you know all get on with our lives yeah. um, it's, it's, uh, it's like that lost line in the lyrics to ironic by alanis morissette where it's like conjugal visit while you're on death row um so like all right <laughs> yeah because that's about as ironic as the lyrics in that song because fyi alanis morissette doesn't understand irony um, you know, I, I don't know that we need to relitigate the song ironic. You're not wrong. I think we, I think we do in 2021. Fair, fair enough. Let's, <laughs> I think there's a generation of people that think they know irony from a song that came out in what? 96. All right. Well, let's call the music judges together. <laughs> uh, 
The evidence before the court is incontrovertible. There's no <laughs> need for the jury to retire. Yeah. yeah, a black fly in your Chardonnay is not ironic. Sorry, Alanis Morissette. Guilty. Book him, Daniel. Yeah, it, like, that song should just be called Bummer. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine those saying, yeah, and at number one for three straight weeks, bummer. Um, That's how I felt when it was at the top of the charts, Duncan. Real bummed. <gasps> oh, you shut your mouth. That's a great album. I Look, I love Alanis Morissette. I'm saying Ironic is not a great Alanis Morissette song. It's the worst song on the album. Yeah, and like if you want a, a, a banger of an Alanis Morissette song, check mm -hmm. out Uninvited. Yes. That song fucking rules. That's Who knows a, what's happening? Yeah, that's a great Alanis Morissette song. Um, I think off the City of Angels soundtrack. Yeah, is where that came from. But mm -hmm. oh, oh, Duncan, some good. Mm. That, that's some good business. Um, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, slasher. I have no idea anything so, other than the fact that we have to conclude this. Why are we? Why are we stretching this out? Let's put this fucking thing. To, oh, that, that's that, right, uh, a segment. You know, first, first things fucking first, Duncan. <laughs> It's time to look at uh, what we've been watching, good and bad. One of each is what we yep. do on the show. I know, I know, you haven't watched uh, th this program, but that's what we do. <laughs> Not fair. And uh, so let's let's dig into it. Uh, what have you been watching, good or bad, that we want to chat about? So nothing in terms of a new release, so both of them being older titles. Uh, the first one that I'll talk about in the bad camp is one that we actually spoke about together on, this is, this is a cross-promote, um, oh, wow. the, the most recent episode of Opera Omnia, which we're currently looking at the, the, the body of work, the filmography, if you will, of the phenomenal David Fincher. Mm -hmm. And we got to his, what I'm, I'm fairly confident to say is his worst movie. Um, and I've, it has sat with me since watching it and since recording the episode. And whilst we are, we're kind of punchy with it, and rightly so, I've actually, like, the more time I've had to think about it, the more I actually dislike it even more now. <laughs> like, I, I, I think the closest we came to kind of summing it up was a point that you made, which was that this feels like the sort of movie that dumb people think are clever. Okay, go on. What, what, what did I say that about? That sounds like something uh, smart, I'd say. Yeah, it was specifically about the very end of the movie with the return of a particular hummingbird. Oh, um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know where holds, we're going now. Yeah, which holds no bearing over the character whom, well, who dies, essentially. Um, it holds no bearing to this. Yeah at all is a story that doesn't even marry up but it's one of those parting shots that like I imagine if you don't critically look at movies you're like oh I see what you did there but I don't think they do see what they did there because if they did see what they did there they'd be like huh that makes sense um, that doesn't make sense at all and I actually think there's a lot more of them in the movie <laughs> just in general or bits that I think it thinks is being kind of cutesy and smart with that aren't actually under scrutiny, so... 
Yeah. So, are, did you say the curious case of Benjamin Button? Did I miss the the that's, point where? Yeah, that's. The, I was kind of hoping that you were you were going to correct me on that because I realised I'd spoken about two minutes and then hadn't mentioned the name. Yeah, so, yeah. It's the curious case of Benjamin Button. It's Fincher's movie that he did in two thousand and eight. Within a year of releasing his what we've called his masterpiece Zodiac, and it's the only one you could argue in the Fincher catalogue of movies. Out with Mank, which I've still to see, so I don't know how that's going to go. Um, that, that is that's going to be a very fun conversation. I don't think it's one of Fincher's best, but it's certainly a fascinating fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, it's but I'd, like in terms of, I don't know tonally what that one's like. But this is his most cutesy kind of honest movie. You know, honest to like trying to appeal to your wide audience that uh-huh. aren't like there to see the Fincher touch of death and destruction. Um, done in that really sharp, cynical way. Uh-huh. Um, this one's not like that at all. Uh, however, he did manage to craft a movie that is, it contains scenes of pure horror. <laughs> They're absolutely fucking terrifying. And characters that I despise. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd like we, we, we laid out the reasons why he made the movie, but I will tell you right now, uh, if you do not watch one movie this week, make it The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, people are staying away in droves. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, we have a whole show where we talk about this, but I this mm-hmm. is a movie that I've been thinking about as well because, yeah. especially after watching the Social Network, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this is kind of Fincher back to form, and I've got my little issues with it here and there. Yeah, but it's just like. It just doesn't feel as twee, and I know that's a word that I think you used in describing Benjamin Button, but that's how I felt, too. I was like, I just don't want... David Fincher just doesn't do well when he's trying to, to like, make my heart sing, you know? (laughs) Like, I don't don't need David Fincher to be the guy that's, like, you know... uh, it's the Forrest Gumpification of David Fincher, as we talked yeah. about it. Like, I don't, I don't need, nor do I want that. I want David Fincher to do his grim shit, yes. and I want to enjoy said grim shit, and yeah. and that's how I want it to go. But the only, way this, the only way the movie works in Fincher's world is if the if Benjamin Button has that kind of anti Midas touch that every life he interacts with turns to misery. You know or, what I mean? Yeah. Then it's a bit more Fincher-esque, I think. Or just one or two, you know? Like, even if it'd just been, a, like, a couple of characters had been, like, you know, you know, this is just a person who lived this tragic life, and you kind of get a little bit more of a uh, a panorama of life's experiences, if you will. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know, hey, well, this person just ended up, like... He tried his best, but he still got hit by a fucking truck. And what are you going to do? Like, I mean, in a, in a real clever world, uh, Benjamin Button is revealed to be John Doe and Seven. Benjamin yeah, Button's spent, got the upper hand. You know, like he's, he's 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 seen how people die, and he's heard all these stories about how ugly people's lives are, full of sin, and decides to set upon a path of. You know, when he reached that right age, and of course he doesn't care if he gets shot because he's already lived 50, 60 years on the planet by the time he's species age in that movie, um, that, you know, he can, he can afford to die because he's like he's had enough of 
aging backwards in society. I think that's maybe what we could have done with it. Yeah, it's not a good movie. It's my it's my bad. I haven't seen anything worse than it in the last two weeks. And very much like we're both saying, it's kind of just hung around in the back of my thoughts for no other reason than to annoy me. <laughs> uh, whenever I'm happy, like whenever I start to get this, like I kind of. I go, oh no, no I've just realised this bit shit as well. Um, see, that's my bad. What about yours? So you were kind of teasing off air that there was maybe something you wanted to discuss. There, and you uh, got all giddy, which makes me think it's a real stinker. All so. right, now it's not a real stinker. Let's. I, I want to talk to you about a, a movie that hit uh, either Shutter or Netflix. I think it was Netflix recently called The Swarm. Th- <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That is a a French film that. On paper, Duncan. Le Swarm, then. Le Swarm. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> L- Les Locusts. Um, th- this feels like such a-, a slam dunk movie for me, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this is about... All right, so the, the setup is there's a-, a woman out in the French countryside. Her husband has died. She has turned to raising locusts as a method of uh like you know forging a living for herself and she's selling it for uh like the protein like you know like you can grind it up in meal for animals and as well as just eat it yourself and whatnot just good Mm old-fashioned eating bugs right Mm, tasty look i i got nothing against it i've had a like a chocolate covered grasshopper or two and it's totally all yeah right it's totally fine and uh so anyway the the idea of the movie is that one day a real little shop of horrors thing happens where she accidentally feeds some of these locusts some blood (laughs) fuck off and 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 the locusts start thriving and I'm like, well, now we're talking. We got killer locusts, and you know, there's like a family drama going on as well, uh, of course. Um, where it's like the the daughter's kind of being bullied at school, and it turns out that maybe the the father killed himself, and you know, the younger child is kind of on board with whatever the mother wants to do and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, like, she's got to figure out how to keep feeding all these locusts blood. <laughs> Feed me, Sissy. Right, yeah. <laughs> Feed me, Le Seymour. Uh, I think it's the French version of that. <laughs> Perhaps not. But anyway, so again, Duncan, as I've described this, this is almost the perfect bow movie. Where, yes. where you have a bunch of killer insects. Yes. And and a family like just try to get by, like a little bit of social commentary going on, and bada bing, bada boom, you got yourself a happy bow. Yep. Unfortunately, it doesn't do either of the things that it's trying to do particularly well. <laughs> Because it never becomes like schlocky and fun on the locust eating people uh, on on that tip, even though mm-hmm. that does happen. The best part is when she feeds him a dog. That's oh. my favorite part. No. Uh, yeah, just, you know. Le chien. Le, Don't yeah. feed him le chien. Yeah, mange le chien, she says. <laughs> and uh, manger. I guess it would be manger. Manger le chien. Yeah. Uh, she says and tosses them into the bucket of locusts that she's got set up. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just like, it doesn't do that very well. 
And then the family drama stuff never totally gels either. So it just ends up being this movie that's like the the whole sensation when watching the movie is close but no cigar. You mm-hmm. know, that I, I wanted more people to get et by grasshoppers or locusts. And that didn't happen nearly enough. <laughs> And and not in the gruesome way that I needed it to. And also, it like I said, the family drama stuff I just didn't think ever ever really came together. And at mm. a certain point, it just like none of it. It just doesn't feel like any of it mattered. Yeah, you know. And and that's a real bummer. Uh, so Duncan, as the French would say, merde, merde, zut alors, uh, le cinéma est poop. Is what they oh, would say. Oh no! On <laughs> film de poop. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. Uh, so that that's my bad. It, it's it's one of those that I wish was better because it. I, like I, I want a movie like that to be good. Mm. I, like the idea. In fact, so my girlfriend gives me shit every now and again, rightly so. For watching, for watching rubbish. For watching terrible horror movies, yes. Yeah, I give you shit. You give so, me shit. A lot of, a lot of, it for years. A lot of special people in my life are doing this. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's an intervention, but yeah, <laughs> I got to keep you two apart. Um, <laughs> I'm just not unionized yet. Wait till that happens. You're fucked. But um, but this is one where it was like, no, this movie presented as if it was going to be like a, a head and shoulders above that kind of thing. Yeah, and I wasn't just watching poop. I, but, I, but it turns out I was. I was accidentally watching Poop. It was The Accidental Poop by Ann Tyler. <laughs> Star, starring William Hurt and Gina Davis. Um, <laughs> morning, Robert. Way to join us right in time uh, for a, a, a delicious accidental tourist reference. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, the accidental poop. The accidental, it's like, no accident, no accidental. It's, it's like, it's like, did I just follow through? I did, I did. Yeah, no, that felt yeah. good, Duncan. I mean, we could stop right now, and I, I'm going to call this show a win. Uh, but give, le, give me le shot is what it would be called in French. Um, so. <laughs> uh, uh, le prairie dog. I'm not sure what the, the actual French for that. Le prairie chien. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, le prairie yeah. chien. <laughs> all right uh that's real stupid um duncan what do you have that was a good movie so yeah um we are in the process of recording on podcasts under the stairs because it's all about cross promotion at the moment um for Bazaween. um so getting ahead of ourselves here for the episodes that will be dropping uh, every week in october and we're doing final destination as the, the entire franchise one episode oh yeah uh, that's a, covering it, one movie uh, for my money the best franchise in horror uh, like it's, it's surprisingly good yeah. so i'm, I'm looking for because baz has only ever seen the first one so we're going to follow that through but we we've paired them up with movies that came from a list i gave him that baz tweaked to make them more amenable to himself so uh the first episode we've recorded and i'm giving away none of baz's opinions this is just purely my viewing uh, opinion on it we paired it up with slick tight uh the film by whammy Ballerero, um which we did many moons ago on podcast under the stairs yourself and i um and returning b- back to that that is still just a like a great thriller yeah like just like a really, really, really clever, really well constructed, really well executed thriller. 
by a guy who two movies before that made Wreck. So, you know what I mean? Which is all fast-paced and jarring and, like, we didn't have time for dialogue, really. It was just like, move, move, move. And then we get this movie, which is set, once again, in an apartment block. But, you know, it's about an hour and 40, takes its time, really defines its characters well. And it's just got, like, a nasty mean streak right at its core, which it never lets up right to the very end. So I'd like, that's that, coming back to that, um, I, I knew I liked the movie, but I watched it yesterday and when it finished, I was like, that's a fucking great movie. He's a really good director, um, Whammy Ballerero. He's like, I, he's really, 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 really good at what he does. Um, and I think that's a, a masterclass in that because, he, you know, he, he deals that kind of shock, shock drop horror stuff really, really well. And then, you know, can go a bit slower and craft something out with great characters. So, uh, yeah, it was my good of the week. If you've not seen Sleep Tight, you should be watching it anyway because we're going to be discussing it with Baz. And yes, part of me did pick it because it is a story about a sex pest. And that is just the fodder that Baz can get out of that in a recorded format is, um, after recording that episode, it's worth every second of it. So I, I continue to uh I, look i don't support sex pests uh <laughs> by any any stretch but i adore the phrase sex pest yes it, it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite things and i've i've started to hear more americans using it and i'm like good keep away yes. from that ben Lori nonsense but sex pest, <laughs> sex pest is totally good uh <laughs> um i'll tell you it, it, speaking of halloween prep duncan Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I do, uh, I did it last year. I'm going to do it again this year where I do, uh, a movie a day, a little, a little short podcast every day about yep. a movie that the listeners, uh, can, can watch, uh, that I'm recommending for the Halloween season and with uh, a couple of new ones mixed in that maybe aren't, aren't quite as good. I'm looking at you haunting a Bly Manor, um, <laughs> which I watched last year and I was like, Oh, that was a bummer. Um, you know. I still have to watch it, like, but it took me years to watch the Haunting of Hill House. So Haunting of Hill House is amazing. I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, it's it's a ter- Haunting of Hill House is a terrific movie, or uh, you know, limited series or whatever. Bly Manor feels like, you know, it, again, it, Flanagan did not write it. He, I think, he directed maybe an episode, maybe wrote an episode, but he was more mm-hmm. of an executive producer kind of. Uh, deal on on that project and it shows it's just not it doesn't hang together the way that hill house does it's got some fine moments in it but it's just it's it's not hill house you know yeah uh but i'm i can't wait for midnight mass but anyway so point being i've started to assemble that list of 31 movies and i'm getting uh i'm getting excited like i know i know we're still a ways away from uh, the beginning of October. We've still got about six weeks of this nonsense ahead of us, but um, I'm starting to put that list together. It's got me really excited. Like I'm getting the Halloween spirit is starting to flow through me, Duncan. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I got to change my pants. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, oh, I'll tell you. All right. So here's a movie that I want to talk about. Uh, okay. Let me, th- I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Here are two movies. One that is really good that I just want to recommend, which mm-hmm. is, uh, another shutter find. I think it was, um, Alan and Naomi who, who recommended this to me, a movie called home wrecker on, on shutter. Oh, home wrecker is great. I saw it last year. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, well, that's, that's grimded with a central performance. That I fucking love. She's nuts. Yeah. 
Yeah, both like Alex Esso is great as well. And, and I mean, I mean that's a given, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, it's uh, Alex Esso, and let me see if I can. Crazy woman who needs to be in everything. Uh, Fucking great. Precious Chong. Yeah, I Precious think Chong could easily play if they wanted to do, and I don't know why they would want to do it. If they wanted to do like a low rent kind of comedy version of the Eileen Warner story, she could play that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, again, I don't know why you would do that. Like monster <laughs> the musical. <laughs> Here I am on the Florida highway. Um, <laughs> I got this revolver and Christina Ricci. Uh, <laughs> she's returning. Yeah, she's coming back. Well, she has to come back for that role. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, what I like most about that movie, I love it when a movie can do the the acrobatics of being one thing for the entire movie, yeah. and then you get a little bit of information at the end of that movie yeah. where it, it totally recontextualizes it all, and mm -hmm. you're like, oh, this isn't a movie about her just being crazy. Mm -hmm. This is ultimately a movie about how relationships can pit women against one another in, in these really negative ways and it mm -hmm. it's it's so good you mm -hmm. know that just the behavior of this stupid guy led to this i mean granted you're right precious Shong is cuckoo in the movie <laughs> not to not to get technical duncan but uh she's a little you know um <laughs> But yeah, I, I thought it was it was great. But I, I kind of want to talk real quick. If you haven't seen it, uh, more I want to talk about more. If you have, but have you seen Blood Red Sky, the Netflix vampire in a plane movie? No, I haven't. So I've seen it advertised, but yeah. like everything at the moment, I'm about I'm about like seven eight months behind everything. So it's on. Interestingly enough, I too I'm curating a list of thirty one horror, which I always do on movies that have come out in that year that I've not seen. Mm -hmm. um, so it is on that list. Um, unless you're about to tell me that it's not worth my time, then it'll be subbed for something else. I I'm, I wouldn't go that far as to say that it's not worth your time. Mm. I would go so far as to say that it. <laughs> I wish it had been better. You know, like the the very loose premise that's been put forward from the trailer mm -hmm. intrigued me because I thought that was a really cool idea. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the premise a whole lot. I like the setup a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but some of the execution, I don't think that like there there's this is one of those like painful uh like reviews where I I I think about half of the movie is really good uh -huh. and I think the other half is kind of disappointing because it fails to live up to the promise of both the premise and some of the elements in the movie and right. i i the la it gets to a place where i'm like okay this is kind of where the movie should have been going we we should have spent a little more time here got you you know um and for a movie that is a solid two hours oh right ooh, what are you it, doing me here <laughs> yeah right it, like if you're doing a movie about vampires on a plane that thing needs to be hour 40 tops tops yeah 
Uh, I don't need the two uh, to three flashbacks. Uh, speaking <laughs> of slasher. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I, I, like, I'm so numb to flashbacks now that I just expect them in everything. As like, well, she, like, I've, I've conversations at work with colleagues and I expect a flashback when someone explains <laughs> something to me. Five um, years ago, you're like, wait, when did you go to camp? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anywho, Duncan... Mm. The point being, I think Blood Red Sky is interesting. I ju- by the end of it, though, I was just like, this this was almost the movie I wanted it to be. Yeah, you know, like I I, I like the setup of it a lot. I like I like the like you know, there's this kid and on the like the the mother has a kid and the mother, of course, like they do this reveal of like surprise, she was bitten by a vampire. It's like no fucking shit. <laughs> the movie's called Blood Red Sky. I know what I'm getting into here. You don't have to tease this too long. Like it, it's a, a solid like 30, 40 minutes in the movie before you're like, oh, she got bit by a vampire. You don't say. Yeah. Mm. And the, all the the fact that she's drinking blood and injecting herself with shit uh, that never tipped me off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but and so that's kind of the bummer portion of it. But there are moments too where you're like, "Oh, okay, well, like I want to see this vampire fucking fucking up some terrorists," and that mm-hmm. just doesn't happen uh, nearly enough. And like I said, when it kind of gets around to being the movie I wanted it to be, it's it's cool, um, but it, it takes a little too long to get there. Uh, but I, I would love to hear your thoughts on it, nonetheless. Hmm. Well, I, like I say, it's on my list for October, so I dare say we'll get to it probably in between one of our slasher reviews, Bo. Oh my goodness. Uh, we got, look, all right, enough fucking around. Uh, that, there's, them's the movies we watched, you're welcome, uh, but let's, let's quit dithering, Duncan. Put it to bed. You, you know how I hate dithering. Yes. Uh, and l- let's <laughs> let's get to this final episode of uh, Slasher, um, which, uh, all right, look, it's, I'm just, I'm not angry, Duncan, I'm disappointed. Um, yeah, well, we called it, right? At the end of the last episode, we called it. We said, listen, Slasher, we understand you think you're being clever. You think the audience still believe that Ren is actually physically alive on the screen. Yeah. However, you start this episode by just having Judith holding the gun. Right? Let's just get over and done with rip the band-aid off. I know it's gonna hurt. Yeah. It needs air to heal. And um <laughs> there's no there is no uh antiseptic <laughs> like uh like sunlight, I think. Yes. Is yes, how that um, goes. And um, what what Arne Martin heard was, keep this going for half the episode. Well, you got it, guys. Be be sneaky? Sure. Oh, it's all right. So the episode is called The Past is Never Dead. No, it isn't. And (laughs) (laughs) uh, we may be done with the past, but the past is not done with us, Duncan. And by (laughs) the past, I mean this season of Slasher. Fucking what what are we even doing, people? So all right, we we open up. <laughs> we <coughs> sorry, got a little verklempt. Uh we open with uh the the open of the first episode of this where it's all the kids in the truck 
you know, going to this camp out where we now know that they're about to give, like, crawdad Talvender. Yeah, well, this was the opening scene. This was the yeah. very opening scene of the beginning of the season. So we've looked back. So we're reusing flashbacks now. Right. We're <laughs> flashing back to a flashback we've already seen. But but this time we get a little extra uh, English on the ball here where yeah. every time that, like, we see one of our characters, most of them dead now, look mm-hmm. at Talvender, they're kind of smiling, and then they give that, like, somebody just cut a fart face. Yeah, they're also not, they're clever. Like, like when we first saw that scene, it looked like they were all getting rickety-wrecked. Mm. Um, this time, we're seeing that none of them are actually drinking. They're all doing the, oh, cheers, throw the shot behind their, their, their head. So none of them are actually drinking at all. It's just Talvinder. Yeah. And and that's the old Dean Martin trick. Mm-hmm. That's uh was no Frank Sinatra is who would do that at parties. You would always see him with a drink in his hand, but he would constantly dump his drinks into the plants so that he uh. never got too drunk while he was you know going around and schmoozing. So they're mm. they're doing the old Sinatra to tell Vendor. and <laughs> the old Sinatra, the old Sinatra. Uh, that's life. Tell Vendor says. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we go to them kind of all uh, around the campfire, cutting up and yeah. acting a good time. Everybody is putting on an Oscar caliber performance for Tell Vendors We Have. Let's go streaking, running yeah. through the quad. <laughs> and then Susan comes out and is like, hey, everybody, I found a, a swimming hole. Once again, the whole, this is the first five minutes of episode one. Mm hmm. And they're like, oh, let's go to the swimming hole. And then we watch them. And once again, you get that, we get that extra scene of them all kind of like she's walking ahead and they're all like, Hur. you know, doing yeah. the, the, the face again. We travel out to our survivor council. Yeah. <laughs> this is where one of them gets voted off the island. Yeah. Um, so we, we get to there and we get her kind of, wait one second, this is really creepy, guys. And then they tell her, this is the trial of Talvinder. And this time we get the bit that mm. we didn't see. Yeah, in episode one, so we've reused all this to essentially give us a minute of extra footage. We we I needed we there. It's sneaky. <laughs> we needed that like Superman floating head council here. <laughs> guilty, Talvinder yeah. is guilty. We sent it to a pane of glass and shot off into space. Yeah, sent um, it to the Phantom Zone. Like Talvinder could play. What was the name of that character? Uh, what was the female one at the three? Ursa, I think. Yeah, like she could play her in a remake. I'm just saying that's how much I hate her. Didn't um, they? <laughs> didn't they do a remake? Uh, or in Man of Steel, wasn't there an Ursa in that one? I don't know. I, I, I only watched that like, movie, and I do not know. I like I've watched the whole of that movie, and yeah. I cannot remember anything except Kevin Costner was his dad. Yeah, I watched a grand total of about eight minutes of that movie. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is not for me. I don't. I don't like anything I'm seeing here." As soon as, as soon as uh, Russell Crowe as Jor El yeah. starts hopping on dragons and flying around and stuff, I was like, "Oh, this. I don't care about any of this." Yes, I, I, I am Jor El Maximus Decimus Meridian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Joaquin Phoenix is giving him the thumbs down in the corner. Yeah, it's like you know, like ruler of a dead planet. That Father was, of a son about to be sent to Earth. I mean, I will have my vengeance in this life for the next. I was Joaquin Phoenix watching that movie where it's just like, nope. 
you can take all of this and just keep it. But like, so like, ta- like Talvin, they like get so like so they go around basically accusing her of the things. This is a trial, so they're giving yeah. her the accusations. And once again, I don't know if this show is. I still don't know. This is good. There's I have like a, a like a good six seven like questions that this show will never answer right at the end of this that i Uh want to get to that we need to get to all right because they just want to vent them out and then put them to bed but like i still get the feeling on some level like the show is still trying to see you know tell vinder was an innocent like i like maybe not fully innocent but she was an innocent by the first thing you know it's it's um ali says you know you, you fucked my boyfriend and they basically they're like, oh yeah, when she's like, she's like, well, listen, he fucked me, so like, if you're gonna blame anyone, blame him, and which isn't totally wrong, but also, hey, look, to fuck, right? It takes two to tango and or do a doggy style, you know. And plus, we saw that scene, yeah, like right at the beginning, she was doing the flirty flirt with him. Like from the start. Uh, Once again, yes. he he reciprocated the forty first, so he's just as fucking bad. But it does it takes two, and they've been doing it behind their back for what is the the whole summer season. Um, so yeah, so there's that bit, and um, so she flings it back, and then Susan obviously like, like Susan steps up, so Susan does her thing, where Susan's just like, oh, I never fucking liked you at all, and I mm-hmm. was like, right, let's hear our counter to Susan. No counter to Susan. Nope. I'm like. Okay, so then we go to Dawn, and then Dawn's like, "Well, I wish I'd been more like Susan, um, you know, like I because I didn't see that, and you, you know, and, and we would never have been friends out with this summer and all the rest." So she goes through it all uh, once again. No counter to Dawn. Nope. And then she's like, "And what about you, Noah?" Um, and then we flip back to like Noah attempting to rape her against the car, which we've all said is not cool. Right. Oh, also in the mix of this is when they do cut to Peter, oh. Peter's like, you know, honestly, I should be the one on trial. Tell them just right here. Well, once again, like, this was the other thing that I thought is like, but as soon as he said that, I was like, don't you dare try and redeem this character. Like, not now. This is a non, this is a husk of a character for this entire fucking show. Yeah. Don't try and redeem him. Now, what should they try and do, Bo, at the end? Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. this but I, I got my surviving characters that i wanted so i'm not complaining i got my survivors yeah that's all i wanted from this show it gave me that so i'll be but anyway like so they're like we cut we fast forward past the because talvinder says that she's gonna retort we don't get her retort there instead what we get is the scene of noah almost raping her Mm-hmm. her running off and then we actually find out what happened to her so she like because we did we'd wondered what had led to her being all bloodied up it turns out all that happened was she fell down a hill mm-hmm. she took a little bit of a tumble and i'm like so why are we burying her <laughs> like because peter says that he can't feel a pulse right? peter, peter says that she shittiest doctor on the planet apparently because she's alive as hell uh, well, yeah. Once again, is is he is he fucking is he Professor Plum from Clue, like pretending Mister Body's dead so he can get a shot on later? Uh, make any sense? So, like, they carry her off, and this is like this. She bumped her head, so I don't know why she looked like she'd been on the Event Horizon at this this fucking show. <laughs> but then <laughs> we we work our way around back to that scene of her screaming, 
Ali's the one that hits her with the brick, but mm-hmm. Ali didn't kill her. So, Bo, mm-hmm. we'd be working under false assumptions. Yep. Bad us. And also, this does make sense, because at every point here, one of them has said specifically they were the reason why Talvinder was dead. Yep, yep, yep. And it turns out they've, they've all pretty much got a hand, apart from Peter in this. So, like, she doesn't kill her, so then Dawn, of all people, this is totally not Dawn. Dawn wouldn't do this. Well, this Dawn is the can... whole bird story again, right? Is, hey, yeah. she sees the thing suffering, so she stepped on it. And, yes. and and that's the thing is like Dawn wants to put Talvinder out of her misery, so she yeah. she pranks her with a rock too. But that doesn't do it either because nobody can kill a person in Well, the- I was <laughs> I was about to say at this point I was like, so so like Talvinder is like a mortal, right? Like so she's a Highlander. Like cause like she's like two giant fucking stone smashes to the side of the head doesn't work. So then Dawn like is <laughs> she's like a Highlander. She's a Highlander. Like, like she cannot delay the story. Had they just chopped her head off, we would be fine. They would all went through the quickening. They would all got our knowledge, and then we would have moved on. Yeah. But instead, that can instead, be only one. <laughs> well, instead, what we get is she's like, it's like the worst tag team ever. She's like attacking Noah. Mm-hmm. Noah goes across. Noah takes a swipe at her. Um, it's it's that scene from Airplane where they're trying to calm the passenger down, and people have like brass knuckles and you know nunchucks and stuff. It's like so like so they, they all they all had a they all had a shot at trying to like kill Talbot once again. Peter didn't. Yeah. Well, Peter, so Peter Peter's responsibility was being like, I think she's dead. Oh wait, and she's not dead at all. Yeah. Um. A, real, a, a little bit of real-time fact-checking. This is why we do the show live, Duncan. Go for it. Uh, Ursa was not the name of the evil villainess in Man of Steel. Uh, it was, in fact, Feora in Man of Steel. And the part was originally offered to Gal Gadot, uh, but was declined because she was pregnant. So uh, thanks, Robert, for keeping us on the straight and narrow. Now back to our regularly scheduled stupid programming. Thank um, you. Yeah, things are about to get a lot more dumb. So thanks yeah. for checking us. Um, yeah. So like, and then credits. Uh, yes, credits. So once again, I'm like, right. So now I know that they all had a hand in killing Talvinder. But guess what, Bo? My assumption all the way through this has been they all had a hand in killing Talvinder. So this has been for nothing. Well, and I don't know that we need it because they all still covered it. Like we, they're all guilty already. <laughs> Even yeah, if they're we, all dead, yeah, like, right. <laughs> all yeah, but better point. They're all dead at this point. So who gives a shit? I don't care. I couldn't care less. And then like we're into the show proper, which like I said before, we need to address the Ren in the room here. And that like it just gets no. so fucking wrong. Is, yeah. Cause we, we cut back like, this is right after Judith, AKA Ren yes. has shot Mark Stroganoff. Yeah, in the in the fucking head, blew the back of his head off, <laughs> and Judith then chases Ren back to the house. Yeah, because uh, Ren's like, "I'm gonna kill everybody," and yeah. Judith is like, "No, no, no, no. How about Kira? Kira's cool, no. right?" <laughs> She's like, "Kira's not one of them. Like, we can we can let her go." Um, and he's and like, well, I don't know. I mean, that's literally what he's like. He's like, "Can we?" Uh. Yeah, I mean, you know how I like killing people, Judith, and kira's there and and she she, but she actually says leave kira alone and the rest are all yours 
Yes. And so Ren then hands over the gun to Judith. Which makes no sense, right, but be, does make sense. Because he's not alive, he's not the... Right. So she, she, so Judith goes back in. <laughs> like Judith does the, the thing from Fight Club, isn't it? She's like, the gun's not in your hand, it's in my hand. <laughs> right. Oh, it's... And Ren's like, where's the gun? <laughs> Oh, I just, I hate how dumb this show thinks I am. <laughs> thinks you're so fucking dumb. It, yeah, it thinks I'm stupid, and that makes me angry, and also maybe stupid for continuing <laughs> to watch it. So- <laughs> let's show, let's show what's in the audience by saying stupid is what stupid does. Yeah, like this is a reverse Flowers for Algernon, where... <laughs> The show is making me dumber for watching it. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, yeah. So Judith goes back into into the cabin and is like, "You, you guys are never gonna believe what happened." <laughs> so, yeah. and she's right because it sounds far fucking fetched, right? And also, there's a healthy contingent of the of the cabin that's like, "Are wait a second, namely <laughs> Dawn." But anyway, yeah. so. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just out in the woods looking for whatever. I don't even remember what she was looking for. She was looking for Peter. Right, looking for Peter. And then she says she ran into Mark Stroganoff, who uh, just turned on her, like marched her out to the woods and was going to shoot her. Yeah. And then Judah says, no, no, no. I kind of wrestled the gun away from him. And Of course she did. <laughs> yeah. You know, me and my pal Ren. And <laughs> wrestled the gun away she she warned Mark Stroganoff to stay back. He wouldn't, so Judith was forced to shoot him. Yeah. And and we get a shot of Ren in the mix, who's like, yeah, yeah you did the right thing, Judith. You didn't have a choice. <laughs> and Dawn pipes up and is like, wait a second. What happened? Wait a goddamn cotton-picking tarnation second. Look, I'm just a simple country lawyer. And- <laughs> Are you trying to tell me that Mark Stroganoff, the man that was so freaked out by the sight of blood, he could not so much as keep to, on his two feet? You're telling me that that man was a serial killer. I said you are telling me yeah. that that man is a serial killer. And, and so Judith, in response to this attack on her character... Mm-hmm. It's just like, we'll take the gun then. Have the gun. Yeah. And Dawn's like, uh, the fuck? Okay, yeah, I'll take the gun. <laughs> yeah, I also, also love the fact that Ren, like, kind of is looking at her almost mouthing the words, what are you doing? And she's like, trust me. I need that for murder. <laughs> Why are you giving away my gun? And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so... We we then move out to the porch where we see Ren talking to Peter, Dawn, and Kira. And wow. Was he? Yeah, in quotes. Um, he's like, yeah, and so then I just went out to the woods looking for Judith, and I found her there with the gun in her hand. Nobody says a word about this. And then yeah. Dawn is like, listen, I, I may be just a simple country lawyer. <laughs> what simple country lawyer? But... I am pretty sure that Mark Stroganoff did not murder these people. Yeah, and then we get, like, we very quick, Kira fills in some of the backstory again that we already kind of knew about Judith and that Judith suffered a severe nervous breakdown 
Um, and, you know, under moments of stress, there's a complete disconnect for her. She, like, she just shuts down, which is surprising to her that she's she's got through as many events that have happened over the last, I think she says three days. And I'm like, it feels like we've been on this hillside forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we have, like, Duncan. Sur- it's been yeah. a long time. <laughs> uh, like uh, like the, the last three days, you know, the, the fact that she's managed to keep it together this long is admirable. Um and like she's on the other side of the door, uh, can just like because they're talking about her through paper thrown walls again, and then Bo, like Slasher's like, you know what we need? We need another character that we know nothing about that everyone seems to know that just refers to. It. Like it took me. I'm not sure if she was introduced in the first episode. Maybe she was. I don't think she was. But literally, it took me until they were on. Until they were on the the ski mobile to work out what character she was referring to. Yeah. I I still don't. Well, I mean, we're, we'll get there in a second. We're not quite to the introduction of this character. I'm yep. still not sure who the hell she is. She's the girlfriend of the guy that had the convenience store at the bottom. Okay. Of That's kind of what I thought, but I... That's I, Glenn. I'd forgotten who Glenn was. I thought Glenn was the dude who ate all the meat. But that turns out it wasn't him. Uh, who could? All right, fine. So, all Gene, right. sorry, Gene, 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 Gene. Yeah. Gene. yeah. So Glenn was the the meat. Glenn guy. was the, yeah. Gene's the guy who had the, and it's Gene's girlfriend. Yeah, but you're you're right. So Peter, just to get our our camps right, Dawn doesn't think Mark Stroganoff did it. Peter yep. does think Mark Stroganoff did it. Yep. Kira is like, well, it could have been anybody because Judith had that nervous breakdown and Mark also yep. had PTSD because of the Fisher King shooting. That's right. <laughs> the Fisher King shooting. <laughs> and then we we have a flashback, a good old patented slasher fa- flashback <sighs> where Noah is all freaked out after they've murdered Talvender. Oh, this is such a fucking shit scene. It's like he's 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 in bed. He's in bed in the uh-huh. morning, heart to heart with Peter. Peter, did we really do those things that we did last night? One, Noah, you weren't drinking. You were doing the old Sinatra, um, right? You were pulling a Sinatra last night, and it went too far. Um, every Sinatra I like to think ends up with you bludgeoning a woman to death with a large stone. Yeah, um, uh, that's why they were called the Rat Pack. <laughs> Why I played so many shows out in the desert. Um, <laughs> yeah. Plenty bodies buried out there. Uh, so, yeah, like, he, he, like he's, like, going through all this. And Peter's being, like, this is why I don't like Peter as well. Because, like, the night before, he's like, you know, maybe I should be on trial. In the morning, it seems particularly calm, collected, and compartmentalized about the horrible thing the, the night before. Yeah. Well, Peter tells him, like, Look, Noah, you better shut the fuck up about this. We're, mm-hmm. We've what's done is done, and now we've committed to a certain path, and you yep. need to get on board with this. Mm-hmm. And Noah, uh, while he's freaking out, Dawn, Susan, and Andy all rush in, and they're yeah. like, "Oh my god, you guys! Guess <laughs> guess who's talking about Tal? Everybody, everybody yeah. wants to know where she is." Yeah, everyone would ask that the following day, right? And. Uh, and they all kind of decide, like, listen, here's what we're going to say, everyone. She went for a run, and that was the last time we saw that bitch. Yeah. All right? Everybody <laughs> cool with that? And Dawn's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can live like this. And Peter's like, listen, Dawn, you need to shut up now. Because yeah. we have all decided that we're going to 
continue this conspiracy of murder for as long as we live. And that's yeah. probably going to be about five years. Well, yeah, like, because Ali, I think Ali says, this is my life now. Um, and I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, it is. That's, yeah. Right. She thought that before he picked up the stone, even though Talvinder totally deserved the stone. And I'm all right, and, I, and, I hate and, that character. I really hate that character. Yeah, I mean, they're all they're, every they're, one ah, of them. I just get, I get so frustrated talking about this show because it's like the I can't believe how dumb this is. Speaking of dumb, Duncan, yeah. let's get to oh. let's get to this new character out of nowhere, where yeah. Judith is still listening to this debate from inside the cabin as everybody's <laughs> trying to figure out who the killer is on the porch. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, definitely not me. Might be Ren. Um, <laughs> and then this snowmobile pulls up with this red-haired lady asking about her boyfriend, Gene, as Gene. it happens. Yeah, and I was like, who's Gene again? And then we see pieces of Gene. Like, because they just take her through, like, to see the, the pieces of the dead we've body. Got, we've got this whole morgue set up. Which one are you looking for again? Because we got a lot of bodies in here. Yeah, it's, it's so fucking... T- like, and I love how Peter thinks she overreacts when she lifts a crowbar to defend herself. Well, you've just taken her into the murder shack, right? And like, yeah, and you think that she should be okay with this, but I love how she's like that. I told Jean to stay away from these fucking creepy cultists and all the rest. And he, if you just listen to me, and they managed to talk her around by saying, "Listen, we've killed the killer. He's now dead." Um, and she's like, "Listen, I can only take one person back with me." And Judas <laughs> like that. Well, Kira should go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get the one I like out of here. And well, let's get the one that that needs to survive out here in her mind, and then I can be left to my own. De- I mean, Ren can be left to his own devices. Yeah. It's right. And Kira, uh, rightfully, is is like, no, no, no. Dawn's actually injured because yeah. of stepping into that bear trap or whatever. So we yeah. we actually, she needs to go down, and she can get help, uh, both for her her ankle or her leg, and can also get some help sent up here. And yeah. and so, like, very reluctantly, Judith is agrees to all this. Oh, she's not happy. Ren is fucking furious. Yeah, yeah. And and there's a moment between Dawn and Peter, who are the last of our original campers left, yeah. where they, like, hug goodbye, while Ren is just like, Judith, I can't believe you gave him that fucking gun. Yeah. You, know, you know what would be great right now? A gun to a shoot gun. all of these people with. A gun that doesn't run out of bullets, but we're going to get to that later on. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. This was a real Sam Peck and Paul moment. But <laughs> So, all right. So, uh, Dawn and uh, the red-haired lady, uh, whose name might be Allison or Susan. Does it or, matter? It, it, Does it matter? matter? Like, she has another, like, three minutes of screen time, and then she's gone. Right. So, that she takes off, and then uh, everyone... It gets a little spooked because some snow falls and everybody's like, oh, oh, what was that a killer? And Judith's yeah. like, no, no, no. I look, I'm going to go upstairs and, and pack my bag. Well, also like the fact that like Judith's like, is that a killer? And like, she's like, like kind of like, is that, you know, is that a killer? And like the first thing that Kira's like that, but the killer's dead, isn't he? Judith. Yeah, right. And she's like, yeah, he's totally dead. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that's right. I killed the serial killer. Anyway, just going to go up to my room to be crazy for a little bit. Well, See you guys in a minute. Uh, like she's, she's like, I need to do something to keep myself busy. Yeah. And Ren says to her, you should just go upstairs and pack a bag and get yourself ready to go. And then straight away, like we got an, like a Akira, like, you know, 
it might be a yeah, it'd be a good idea for you to go upstairs once again, pretending that Ren is a real person in the room. This show's already 15 minutes and then why are we still pretending Ren's real? Right, right. We've got, you know, 23 minutes left. Let's not yeah. screw around. Anyway, so, <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. And so Ren follows her upstairs and Judith, uh, once they're alone in the room, Judith is like, look, everyone thinks Mark's the killer now and the kids have paid, you know, for their, for their sins. Even the mm-hmm. ones who are alive are fucked up. Like, we're done. There's no reason to murder anybody else. And Ren's like, well, you know, sometimes, Judith, when you're just good at a thing. Yeah. It, it, you know, you just want to do it for the, the, the pure joy of the art. Well, that's it. Like, would you tell Babe Ruth to stop swinging the bat? Yeah. You know, would you tell us to stop podcasting? No, Duncan. Oh, hell no. You know, no. and you're, you're not. You put us right in there with the conversation with Babe Ruth. I love that. Yeah. Well, I, I like to think of it as the, the Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb of podcasting. Um, and, uh, you are under the false assumption that I know who Ty Cobb is. Ty Babe Cobb. Ruth is it, the only base, baseball player I know. He was, yeah, he was, Ty Cobb was the angry alcoholic version of, of Babe Ruth. Ah, oh, right, I like it. So I'm him. Yes, and I'm the Babe <laughs> Ruth. I'm the one who's like going to hospitals, tell them I'm going to hit a home run for the kids who are sick. And you're the one that's like, you know, vaguely racist, and you know, sometimes the truth hurts. Look, <laughs> you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, Duggan. But um, so Ren is like, "Fuck all that noise! I'm gonna go kill Dawn." And she's like, "But the snowmobile has already taken off; they're miles away. There's no way you can catch up with them because of logic and physics." And yeah. he's like, no, 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 don't worry about none of that. This is Slasher. I can totally catch up with him. <laughs> and then I'm going to come back and kill Peter. And if Kira gets in the way, I'm going to kill her too. Because yeah. as I pointed out, Judith, sometimes, you know, sometimes a great notion, right? Sometimes a yeah. good idea is just a good idea. Yeah, but if you want to make an omelet, boy, you have to break them eggs. Right. And by breaking eggs, you mean shooting people in the face. All of them, every single one. Yeah. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, downstairs, Kira and Peter start making out. And <sighs> and then he's like, you know, Kira, you should really go back to nursing. The way that you're kissing me, it really, it, I get the impression <laughs> that you could really take care of someone, mostly with your mouth. And she, she's like, uh, you know, I killed somebody. I could never do that. And he's like, look, no, that was all an accident. You told me all about it, and I believe you. Also, you can go back and be a nurse again and make all of that right. I'm going to go confess. I've really decided yeah. that after all of my friends were murdered, maybe I should just finally tell the truth. <laughs> after, after all my friends were murdered and the killer dead. Now I will confess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really going back and forth on this one, Kira, but I've really made up my mind. I think this is the the, way, the right way to go now. <laughs> and then we, we cut back upstairs to where Ren and Judith are arguing over the fact that she has said that she loves him. She's like, I love you, Ren. And yeah. he's like, no, you don't because you won't let me kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is true. Like, love is uh, it's like, it's a two-way street, bro. 
You have to love them at their best and at their worst. Well, and also you want to support them in the things that matter to them, you know? Yes, that they have a passion for. Right. Like, hey, even though maybe I'm not the biggest fan of murder, you're good at it. You love it. I love that you love it. Yes. And yes. so I want I want you to be successful. I want you to flourish. I'm and, here to support you. Yeah. I'm your biggest fan. That is my yes, that's my yes. relationship motto. I'm a fan of you and I whatever it is that you want to pursue, I am in your corner. Mm-hmm. And and Judith is not doing that. She's not being a good partner. No. And so she, she he in fact he's like, "Hey, how about you help me murder? Like we could do this together." And it could yeah. be like a real relationship building thing. Like it, it's almost like they went to a little bit of group therapy or a little <laughs> couples therapy and the uh the their therapist was like have you thought about murdering together is that something that you've considered (laughs) Hmm, yeah we could try that we could try that yeah we'll try that yeah yeah we'll try that yeah and so uh anyway judith is like no 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 it's too late dawn's gone and then ren in quotes starts busting up the room Oh, Ren loses it. He's, he's an angry guy. He, he want he just wants one thing in this world, and that is to kill everyone. And Judith is just being a stick in the mud. Yeah, why, why won't you let me kill people? God! God! Why? Come on, room, Mom. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, Judith, because we still don't know that you're my mom yet, but we well, were right on that as well, Bo. We, were, we called this after episode one. Yeah. I don't want to sit here and be smug, but like, we called this all the way right through. We are fucking awesome. We really did. I think it was episode two where we actually yeah, halfway through episode two, we both we both called it. Which yeah. I'm going to take that. That's one and a half episodes in an eight episode season, and we deconstructed the the entire plot. Yeah, <laughs> we, yes, it like we knew literally everything that was going to happen uh, yeah. with with the killer, and so mm-hmm. and we got and we got a hundred percent right. Which we got is... even down to who survives. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. Like we we allowed for a Peter, but he didn't. Anyway, we'll get we'll get to well, all we that. Well, we actually said on the last episode that Peter, if Peter did die, it would be in an act of like selflessness to save a character, most likely Kira. And by the way, yeah, we're right. We were yeah. spot on, man. Fucking awesome. And this is the first time we get the the first of the Return of the King endings, uh, where we see. As Ren is busting up the room, all of a sudden, just Judith is there. Yes. And you're like, okay, well, now we've done the full reveal. Yeah. So we're good, right? Oh, well, no. I did, the, I, I, did the, I did the check on the, this is where I had pause on it, and we were 25 minutes into this episode at this scene, which means we had 20 minutes left. Yeah, 20 minutes in the whole season, and the characters still don't know what's going on. No, <laughs> like we we knew from episode one and a half, and and the fact that you get this reveal again, I just don't know why Aaron Martin thinks we're stupid. Um, but yeah. maybe it's just because he's Canadian. So, <laughs> mm, is that a dig at Canadians? Maybe you be the judge. And a and dig s- against the country of Canada of Canada, oh Canada. <laughs> Your horror writers are so dumb. And so then Kira and Peter come upstairs to check on her and bust open the door to find her just on the floor all bloody. 
Yeah. Where and they they are like you know holy shit she seems to really have a screw loose really really got some nonsense bouncing around up in that noggin Kira we yeah, should put her to like, bed like Kira very quickly goes this is what happened she she touched herself when you know there's a disconnect when she goes through one of our like intense phases she you know she physically will hurt herself yeah so this is what's happened to you so she plays it off as being a slightly more innocent thing um so they put her to bed and then at this point like peter's like you know what i'm gonna do like i could wait for the authorities to arrive to help me with this but i'm safe now i'm gonna go away and drag mark stroganoff's frozen dead corpse all the way back to the death shack yeah death shack baby death shack i got me a morgue it's full of some campers (laughs) <laughs> and yeah so he for yeah i for whatever reason he's like you know i've got to go find mark's body oh there's i'm really a detective that's what i've, yes, I've I, been leading up to oh god yeah like he pulls a, a straight up fucking like uh, a will graham moment shortly here oh yeah <laughs> what is my design oh it's so stupid so fucking stupid so also, it assumes that judith walked backwards through her tracks like something at the shining as well yeah that scene makes zero fucking sense it's so stupid and all right so peter gives kira the gun he's like look you need to defend yourself i'm going to be out in the woods alone i'll be fine you got a gun <laughs> and oh we'll get there i mean another season but we'll get there and <laughs> And so he's off to look for Mark Stroganoff's body, uh, but not before he gives her a final kiss for good measure. Yeah, and not before Judith appears creepily behind her wide awake. <laughs> yeah, and and Kira, uh, Judith is like, where is that guy going? And Kira's like, oh, he's going to go look for Mark Stroganoff's body. And Judith is like, hmm, I see. Um, well, I guess I'll just go back to my room then. And Kira's like, uh, okay. Hey, how about you don't, you know, bust anything else up and or murder yourself? Uh, which would, as it turns out, Duncan, solve every problem that everybody has on this show, including yeah, me. Well, she, she says she says to her, um, when they're having that conversation, she said, did I, did I hurt anyone? And she says, no, you just hurt yourself. Yeah. And then she, she goes away back up to, she goes away to her room. Right. Looking for Ren. <laughs> and and she's like come out come out wherever you are Ren and he's like no I'm not coming out till you kill somebody for me and she's like Ugh, are we back to this I don't want to kill anybody Ren and he's like you said you would kill somebody <laughs> and then we see her kind of talk as Ren yes to say like well if you don't kill them then I will and then and, and so this is reveal number two that mm-hmm. Judith is Ren. Killer, it- mammy. Killer. <laughs> it's totally Friday the 13th, and this thing can go and fuck itself. Dude, but- it, well, and it turns out that the whole season has just been the first Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> you know? Where it's just a mother killing a bunch of campers because they you know killed her son in a roundabout way yeah um which again like uh, to quote one duncan mcleish this show can just go fuck itself oh at this stage yeah it's been fucked to death so <laughs> like like poor noah in the bus with glenn <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
So I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, we had prison break. Raped raped on screen. Hey, you know what Friday the 13th was missing, Duncan? Prison rape. So. And now we got it. Aaron Martin, you know, Aaron Martin saw that it was two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah. And uh, and included it in, in this mm. show. So we uh, then Judith ends up lighting this space heater. Which, if you remember, Bo, and he threw we comment, what, three episodes ago when Benny Ironside was tied to a chair, they couldn't switch on the heater because the heater releases noxious gases that will knock someone out. I totally had forgotten that his name was Benny Ironsides, and I, I feel bad about that now. I, 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 that's that's why I was struggling earlier on when she said Gene, and I thought that was Glenn, and I was like, that that was his name. But what was the other guy's name? Benny Ironsides is how he's known to me from now on. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, they, there's a, a callback to a throwaway fact that seems like it was a lifetime ago as well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so... Dawn, one, she sees like Ren leave his his counselor room, and and Dawn ends up planting Talvinder's necklace in Owen's stuff. Yeah, while she walks past the creepy hand drawings of Talvinder's face. Right. Yeah. Like that's the thing. They they kind of he was on his way to being locked up without the fucking necklace. Right. Right. Well, like He's suspect numero uno. Right. Yeah, I, it's a it's a crazy family from Jump, um. But you're right, uh. Like he was he was absolutely on his way to a school shooting or something. Yeah, you know you know what like you know what definitely won't stand him in bad stead at a trial. The fact that he starts like quoting Revelations as he's been taken to the car, dude. <laughs> yeah, like this is some real slasher season one mess with with all this. But, once again, we we undo the we undo the thing here as well when we get to this scene about one of our theories was that maybe the the, the camp counselors that are in this group had never physically seen Owen because he's a he's a maintenance guy and yeah. whatnot. And we, we tried to play that off in an earlier episode where he was hitting on Talvinder. He clearly looks at them and gives them a death curse. <laughs> you know, as he's got he's got it in the back of the car. Yeah. Um I mean it's doesn't get much more than that, the intense fucking stare. It's the screen grab artwork that you've got for the, the show art this week. Is mm. the, their reaction as they're being shouted at about like Hell's Fire coming to stab at thee. Um Yeah, oh it's a real like con <laughs> moment. I will chase you kids around perdition's flame. <laughs> From Hell's Heart, I st- stab at thee. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's right. He's he's quoting revelations. He's he's cursing them. It's a death curse on this cat. <laughs> camp Camp Talvinda's got a blood curse, or whatever the name of the camp was. Mini Mini Wahocket or whatever. Hey, who cares? Making up shit. Yeah, I look. I the stuff we are making up is like eight times better than anything we're seeing in in the show. <laughs> So I, I stand by it. Mini Wahocket. Yeah, Mini Wahocket. Uh, Camp Murder Lake. Everybody gets their their badges and burying a body under uh, under some leaves and sticks. <laughs> 
<laughs> can't, can't buddy hack it. Um, <laughs> anyway, Duncan, wherever the camp is, uh, so Dawn and, and, and the Jean's girlfriend run into a river because apparently everything's thawing now that it's the next day. And they're like, oh, well, we can't cross this on a snowmobile, so we're going to have to go around. And I sure hope we have enough gas to do that. (laughs) Don is less pleased with this statement. Right. She's like, what do you mean you hope we have enough gas? (laughs) Speaking of gas, Duncan, Kira has now passed out because of this radiator. Nice. Nice segue. Thank you. And then uh, Judith gets the gun from her. She's got a gun! Well, not anymore. Well, I guess if you're Judith, then she has a gun, yeah. but Kira doesn't have a gun. Anyway, it doesn't oh, matter because no. she, so she stalks off outside on the porch because now the show is like, okay, it's honestly Judith who's the killer. So yes. we've, we've finally. I, finally turned the corner where we don't have to do all this Ren bullshit anymore. 15 minutes from the end, we're finally settled on who the killer is. <laughs> yeah. And so Peter then finds Mark Stroganoff's body and is like, Oh wow, he looks like Uncle Festa. Look at <laughs> which he does. He looks totally he like Uncle Festa. Doesn't look like he's going to be like Gomez. Right, puts a light bulb in his mouth. <laughs> also, quick aside: everybody who says like Luis Guzman is like too ethnic to play Gomez Adams. The fuck, his name is Gomez. He has dumb shit i know i know as if Raul julia was like the whitest man on the planet honestly right yeah i don't know that like the world upsets me but i've just given up that blew my mind that that's some real uh, some real internet shit right there also i think that's the perfect pairing with a catherine zeta are you kidding i'm so excited about this the casting i think sounds great genius casting yeah genius casting for me so I yeah, I'm totally down for it. I think it sounds so good. I can't I mm-hmm. I like I don't know how the show's gonna be, but the casting I think is dead on. Yep. And anyway, so after finding Mark Stroganoff's body, Peter does a real Columbo here. <laughs> or a Will a Will Graham, as you said, where he's like, What is it's it? A Will, yeah, like he, yeah, he this stands, is my design. Lo- yeah, he looks around and the first thing he notices is wait one second, Judy said that they struggled together at the same spot yet there's no footprint at all around here to to denote that wait one second the angle and trajectory of where the blood's coming out means the bullet came from over there let me walk around here wait one second there are footprint over here but they're quite some distance away and this is not how judith described it oh my god judith the killer right Meanwhile, speaking of Judith, the girls on the <laughs> snowmobile have somehow doubled back all the way to Judith, who starts shooting as, as soon yeah. as she sees him. Shoots. She shoots through the woman who arrived with the snowmobile. Yeah. The bullet goes through her and then through Dawn's stomach. Yeah. Liver, kidney, one of the, I don't know, through the side. Yeah. Probably not the liver because she would have bled out. But yeah. Um, yeah, shoots, uh, takes another couple of shots. Dawn oh, ends Oh, yeah, she wants, this is the thing, right? Dawn climbs off and starts running down into the water to get away from her. Yeah. And, um, 
like like Judas still dressed as the fucking killer from Urban Legend, um, <laughs> is walking like is walking forward and then just puts a gun behind her, like she's I don't know the fucking Robocop and fires another three into the body here. So one plus two plus two plus one. I'm doing the math now, right? I'm like, so we'll fire four bullets here. Let's say this is a yeah. fresh magazine. Let's say this magazine holds ten bullets at the most. She then like chases down Don and puts another two in Don's. Well, she puts one in Don's back to put her down, and then another one or two, just mm-hmm. for good measure. Yeah, double taps. Janice is is the lady's name. Janice. Yeah, to make sure she's dead. And you're right. Like, just shoots Dawn in the river, and then there's this dramatic scene where Judith takes off her mask, and, and Judith, oh, oh, right, and the camera zooms in as if to say like. Guess what, everyone? It's Judith. And you're like, no fucking shit, it's Judith. Yeah, like, we've known that since episode two. <laughs> even if we didn't, Duncan, we've had two different reveals in this episode to tell us yeah. that Judith is the killer. Yeah. So is this supposed to be... Uh, it, it's just it's, it's frustrating. I, I don't understand if this is supposed to be a surprise to anybody at this point. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like, like, I guess if, if you are showing this television series to Mm. the insane and the mentally unfirm Mm -hmm. then maybe you need to do this level of exposition i i I just think maybe the tv show i like i don't know what channel played on when it played first time around maybe it's just relying on people not paying attention you know like that's how that screamed you know that's how that scream tv show played on mtv so well as it just played in the background no one was watching it right the, like it's sort of uh like that scrooge thing where robert mitchum wanted uh to have television programs for cats yeah. mm-hmm. with lots of mice and string and stuff and yeah. it, it, it's that it's like hey we know you're going to be on your phone for most of this so I think that's it. yeah maybe so maybe so because uh, you really would have had to had your head up your ass for the majority of the runtime of this season not to have come to the conclusion that we came to very early on. Yeah. Maybe it's unfair that it's unfair to slasher season two that we were paying attention to it. Yeah, because like <laughs> when we said we said it before, like the, the early indication was a character who only spoke to one character only really appeared to be in scenes with one character that didn't like that to me was when the like, the warning signals went up and now every Every time they've done it since, I've laser focused on just how ridiculous it is. Yeah. But at this stage now, you're right. This reveal is like, it's all bells, whistles, dramatic music, and it's Judith. And I'm like, this is the least surprising thing you could have done um, at this stage. Plus, we like, what was the point of her dressing up to do the kill if she's going to do a reveal here? Other than it's just cold. You know, yes. maybe that's it. <laughs> like, like, she's not finished. Now she's wearing her outfit. She needs to, to, to get back to setting up her grand finale goal because there's a lot of things that have to go right for Judith for the end of this to work out. So, all right. So here's what happens, Duncan. So Peter, Peter gets back to the cabin. He finds Kira passed out because of the space heater, which he remembered from an episode or two ago. Yeah. And, and so he shuts it off is calling out for Judith while he's dragging Kira out to the front porch. Yeah. Um goes inside and then we get another clue 
as to the identity of the killer who we already well, know you thought here like in the previous episode you thought like that we would get a, we knew there would be a shop where the letters would be discovered right? that's right yeah 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 but and, we we assumed it was going to be kira that was going to find these right it's not kira it's peter so right and he finds a letter written from owen to <laughs> judith when he's in prison and it's this whole like flashback bit where he's like, listen, mom, I really want you to get justice for me. My, your son, love your little Wren, Owen. Yeah. yeah. And Peter does like literally say, kill them all, kill yeah. them all, mom. And the letter. And I'm like, I'm sure. Uh, once again, I'm not, I'm not all okay with everything, but I'm sure when someone is like incarcerated for that, I think they can screen your letters before they go out. Yeah, I don't think they allow you to sit like like Manson wasn't writing to his the rest of the family that's like, "Hey, uh I've I've got a secret for you that I'm writing here in this letter that I'm sending for prison. If you could kill a couple of more celebrity wives, that would be awesome." Yeah, while I'm in here, it makes yeah. it look like someone else did it. Yeah. Like, wait a second. But yeah. It's just like I'd like but so this is the letter, right? And then all of a sudden Peter has pieced it together. You know, I really think that maybe Judith is a little off her rocker. It gets even better, though, because we then get a flash to what Rennie saw when she picked out. Remember when she was looking at a picture of Owen? Mm-hmm. And then we see her look down and we actually see that Ren's mum was Judith. And I'm like, oh, fuck off. Come yeah. on. So Peter starts carrying Kira through the snowy woods on her own. But to the only place that he knows contains a pagan shrine. Right. Yeah, to this weird lighthouse in the middle He's of nowhere. He's the one that knows where that is. He's yeah. been there before, but he decides to walk past there. I It doesn't make any sense. But of yeah. course, Judith, uh, unsurprisingly, is there yeah. and pulls a gun on him and says, like, listen. He's got a gun! <laughs> Take a shot, viewers and listeners. Every time one of us shouts out, he's got a gun! Um, And and you'll be in the hospital. You'll be dead. Yeah. <laughs> like Mark Stroganoff. Dead as Mark Stroganoff, as we say, as the old saying goes. And yeah, and this is where she, she tells him, like, here's the deal. One of you lives, one of you dies. And, Which makes no sense. Right. Well, she's giving him, I suppose, the opportunity to save Kira's life. And then but, uh, what happens if he doesn't? Right, what if he's just like, yeah, kill her. I'm good yeah. is are we good? Can I go he's now? He's going to let her go. I yeah. mean, this is like it's stupid, but so we have to have the redemption of the character go, which is why it's here. Right. And then this is where there's the the flashback about Ren getting arrested. <laughs> And then a further... And I will strike down upon thee with furious anger. Those who would attempt to frame me for murder. <laughs> so fucking stupid. And, and so we get a flash forward from the flashback where Ren is now in prison and has fashioned a noose from his bedsheets. All the bed sheets, apparently. He had yeah. like he had too many. I think he'd been staying at a holiday inn and given them extra sheets. And dude, then we get the thing I predicted and hoped yeah. wouldn't happen. Yeah. Which is we get the series of flashbacks of all of the scenes 
where Judith was talking to nobody and characters were like, is she crazy? (laughs) And, and the murders and all of that stuff. And it was Judith all along. It's Judith all along. Uh, (laughs) much like Agatha. Um, that's, uh, a, a Scarlet witch bit. Um, and sure enough, Judith, they cut back to her and she's like, wait a second. Did I kill everybody? And yeah, she like, looks Judith surprised. Suddenly, well, she looks a bit surprised and she's like, wait one second here. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad guy? <laughs> right. And, and so Judith, she and Ren start arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's all very silly, Duncan. It is. It's terrible. Yeah. And Peter is like, listen, Judith, I'm really sorry about your son. Um, mm-hmm. How about we just get you some help? We keep Kira alive. And most importantly, I stay alive. Yes. Yes. And, <laughs> and then Judith says, you know, it was five minutes before they found my son after he hung himself. You owe me those five minutes. And he, Peter's like, wait a second. Really? Because it takes more than five minutes for someone to, oh, yes, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> and so she has made a noose. And this is where, again, the any attempt uh, to enter, insert like logic or reason into this story, because it um, does take a long time. Like when, when you hang someone. Well, you have to drop from a great right. with you a have, lot of force yeah if you snap their neck then it kills them almost instantly but if you just are choking someone that can take like 10 20 minutes sometimes yeah but this show doesn't know that i didn't do the research it didn't use google yeah there's a real let me google that for you (laughs) kind of vibe to slasher where i'm like you know you could have just searched this and and you would have found out anyway so then we get our final flashback to Talvender's murder, where it turns out that Noah didn't finish the job either. It was ultimately Peter who killed Talvender for realsies. Yeah. And so he gr- grabs the noose that Judith has set up for him. Uh, and while he's kind of hemming and hawing about, you know, this uh, th- this hanging he's about to do, mm-hmm. Judith is- aims the gun at Kira and is like, huh? You don't get in that noose. And he's like, all right, all right, I'm going, I'm going. And so he slips his head in, and then we get some flashes between Ren and uh, Peter doing the same thing, one in the cell, one in the present. And then Peter takes the step off of this ledge and starts to choke as he hangs. And then he just kind of stops struggling after a minute. Yes. And Judith slash Ren now seems satisfied and there's a long shot of Ren hanging in his cell that we see through the doorway as we pull down the hallway of this prison it is the artful shot of the episode but oh yeah like Aaron Martin was crying tears of joy expecting an Emmy for this I'm well yeah honestly if slasher gets an emmy for anything other than most obvious killer i don't think that's a real thing it doesn't get an emmy it gets an enemy from me though i'm a i'm a fucking enemy of this season for life dipsy doodle i like it Uh, but yeah so like um we get kira 
uh, waking up as snow is falling on our face in the fucking strange tower beside the... Once again, we're going to come to why is there a fucking demonic altar? It's never explained. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. So many questions that I need to just raise at the very end here. But she wakes up, she sees Peter hanging above. There is a note written that we find out that Peter wrote. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's Peter confessing that he and his friends were responsible for the actions that happened. They not only killed Talvinder, but they uh, framed Owen, a man who would later kill himself. Yep. Um, and uh, Don like, gets found by some hunters. Well, yeah, Don's found alive, which I was like, yes, I called that. Uh-huh. I'm happy. I'm happy. But I was at this stage thinking, Bo, so Judas just got off with it? Yeah, well, all right, let's get to it, because that's kind of the end of all the camp stuff, is Peter's hung, Kira finds this letter, Dawn is found by some hunters, and Judith slash Wren have fucked off. Yes, and And then we get our post... And it doesn't even... They can't even be bothered flashing up how many months this is. Yeah. That's how lazy this is. Like, they can't even be bothered saying three months later. It's just like time yeah so our epilogue of all this nonsense is on the streets of toronto i assume (laughs) (laughs) kira uh meets dawn outside of a police station and dawn is like i really feel bad about all these people that i uh, are dead because of some shit i pulled and kira's like no 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 this isn't you. Like, you killed Talvinder. Well, no getting off the hook for that. But your friends are dead because of Judith, not you. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's right. Where, yeah. do we get, like, where do we get justice against Judith? Right. And so Kira and Dawn enter the police station together. And then we pull back, Duncan. The balls on this because... The fucking like, balls. <laughs> like, multiple, like, murderer... Like must be on wanted posters everywhere, standing opposite the fucking main police station, and not in a disguise, mm-hmm. <laughs> just dressed like herself. We turn to Judith, yeah. who is overseeing the events, but she's not a lone ball because this show fucking hates me. <laughs> yeah, and and so <laughs> Ren walks up behind her and she says, "You came back to me." And he says, of course I did. I'll never leave you again. And then Judith says, when Dawn gets out, we'll be waiting for her. And then they kiss. And then off they walk. uh, Just out in the middle of the street. And we end on a shot of this mannequin shop that apparently they were meeting in front of. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what this place is. I don't know why it matters. Uh, for this <laughs> being, <laughs> I don't like your jerk off name. I don't like your jerk off face. I don't like you jerk off, <laughs> dude. Yeah, and they're into the season in, in the most wet fart possible way. Of, pfft, we're done, everybody. The previous season had a child snapping the neck of a cat. Yeah. 
like indicating that another serial killer was moving into the house. And we commented about how bad that was. This looks fucking Shakespearean compared to this. Yes, this is worse than that. Um, yeah, because again, it, like, it's not like the guilty have been punished and, nope. you know, we can, I don't know, like, I, I just, I just don't understand what the point is. There isn't any point. That's the, that's the, that's the problem. The problem here is that the show, like I said before, like when you stop, when you stop to think about it, everyone that was in that hut was a killer. Yes. Like everyone. Yes. Everyone had killed someone either accidentally or, you know, through their profession or whatever, had killed someone. Um, or covered up something, and Judas, the worst one out of the fucking lot. <laughs> like, like, she's the worst one out of the lot, and she walks off into the sunset. Yeah, I just, I don't know if the show wants us to feel any sympathy for Judith. But why should we? But yeah, but she's also a crazy person who murders people, so why would, why would we feel sympathy for her? And she killed, and she killed innocents as well. Like, she killed, like, well, Jean. Yeah, yeah. The first guy with well, a fucking chainsaw. Right, who and this uh, is where seemed like a good guy, up. yeah. Yeah, like, this is where I can start. Like, there's so many things that are just not even remotely bothered to be answered. And this, this does, honestly, that I told you, I'd like, to me, they had to resolve certain things to make this fit. Okay, let's hear it. The, what are your biggest, questions? Well, the biggest one that didn't fit is, like, Judith was on that, that hilltop for a long time. Mm-hmm. How did she ever know they were going to come back? Because it sounded like this was a on a whim, last minute. Right, they're selling, they're buying up land. We need to go up there and move Talvinder's body. Yeah, right. So she and- was just up. She was just up. She decided to memorialize her son by moving. Up, and she didn't. Did she know who they were? That's they my were? theory. Like, so here, here's my pet theory, and none of this is explained. This is just me doing some you know dbcc fan fiction Mm. which is and i think i may have mentioned this on a previous episode that the idea in my head uh broken as it is is that she went up there to be close to where owen was last alive (laughs) where owen was most happy i don't know i don't know what we're doing here but also that she realized once she was there that when these kids showed up, like that's what drove her over the edge. How what, did she find Talvinder's body? I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't have an answer for that, Duncan. This is what I mean, like, like. See if you sit back and think about it for two seconds. None of it makes sense. Yeah, like, none of it makes sense because she would have like the letter said like she's so consumed by the grief of what happened to her son that she decides to do what the letter tells her to do but she just decides to go off the grid for a couple of years and fuck around um it, it doesn't make it I like that doesn't make sense the the altar that she had set up with our like our, our mannequin son i imagine that must have been from the mannequin shop mm-hmm. maybe, um is just like hanging because he hung himself with this fucking satanic altar that's there for no reason it doesn't add like it didn't have like body parts of everyone she killed mm-hmm. or like like so like why is that there? It's never explained. Nope. Um, how did she get off the fucking hill? Like how did she get away? 
Like she didn't. She should never have got away. Like how did Kira get out? I, I, I don't like, know. Like it doesn't give you any of like any of the things that I want. Any of the things that I feel like we could have spent a bit of time sorting out. It doesn't give us any of that. Um, like it, like it doesn't. It legitimately does not bother to explain really anything that of merit which even your worst slasher movies try and explain usually poorly usually very poorly but they try and explain like even even movies like the aforementioned urban legend goes down the road of well you know the, the, the person that died in that crash was my brother or whatever was my boyfriend and then I went to the same school as you to do this it's all explained that way Not they don't even try here so when she fucks off into the sunset at the end under the assumption that she's just going to wait around for five years, ten years or whatever until Don gets off with with murder uh, they're going to be waiting for her I just yeah. I, it breaks my brain it really really does because I don't know how I'm... Like, that's ultimately... Like, I understand at the end of season one, I'm supposed to be thankful, although I wasn't. I'm supposed to be thankful that Sarah patched things up with her fucking scumbag boyfriend and they're going to start a new life away from where all the violence was. Mm -hmm. Right? I can get that. I can't get what I'm supposed to do with with anything that's been delivered in this the end of this episode. At all. Am I supposed to feel sorry for Dawn? She's actually doing the right thing. Like, yeah. so I should probably I should probably feel like she's the character that I want to be happy for, but the show's just basically said as soon as she gets out of prison, she's gonna die violently. So that's like that's how the show finishes. And I, it's just a fucking terrible ending. It's just like an absolutely terrible fucking ending to like and why is Rain back? Why is that psyche broken again? Why does Judith not understand? Like she came to terms that she was the killer. We talked about it, it was stupid. But she's like, it was from my hands. I killed all these people. And now all of a sudden she's back to being two people. It's it just it's stupid. It's fucking horrible. I hated it. Uh, it's a terrible it was a terrible ending to what has been a terrible season um of predictable plodding nonsense. Yeah, this is uh for sure. Bad. Yeah, this is worse than season one. Yeah. Um, season three to be worse, boy. I, I know you keep saying that, and I I just have trouble believing it, but, I, you know, we'll get there. Um, yeah, this is it, it just rotten head, head to toe. Uh, it, I, I, again, I just come to the end of this thing, and I don't know what I'm supposed to take away from it other than, yeah, like – this answers the question, what if Friday the 13th only dumber? Yes. yes and and yes. that's kind of it. It's, it's like, what, what would happen if someone took the idea and premise of, I know what you did last summer as a concept, mm-hmm. and then put it in the world of Friday the 13th, which yeah. is the first movie, and then like not give you the cool ending. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it, it's a it's a terrible season of television. Yeah. Uh and I can't It's been it's been fun to talk about, right? It, it see that. Yeah, it has but, been mostly because of like us calling it from the cheap seats and yeah, being like, "Oh, here's what's going on." And then the show never diverging from our early no. predictions. Like I like the the 
fun has been the silly voices, the the alternate timelines and all the rest that we've had to insert in that, which I know we do in every TV show that we cover, right? We were doing that in Twin Peaks, the difference being is motherfucking Twin Peaks. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we are watching it. Like, how do you fuck up something? There are hundreds of slasher movies out there. How do you fuck this up so bad? Yeah, like, you're trying to pull off the the magic trick of, like, oh, my God, it was Judith all along. Yeah. But it was just so obvious. Yes. And, yeah. like, no, none of the, the, the filmmakers involved with Slasher Season 2 have the subtlety and the, the art to yeah. pull off what they want to pull off. It's it's like just really kind of low. It's lowbrow and trashy, but not in a enjoyable way. Yeah, because I like me some trashy TV. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I like I like sometimes being able to like you say call it from the cheap sheet seats, but on some level, the journey to that reveal is kind of fun and you know quirky and twisted. So we get to and like I don't. I'm not one of these guys where if I call the end into a movie or a TV show like two episodes in, that spoils it for me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see the journey to get to that reveal, and it just feels pedestrian all the way through. The thing is, at its core, there is a really cool kind of interesting idea about vengeance and redemption set on isolated landscape in the fucking snow. All the things that, as horror fans, we want. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, with, you know, this the kind of... Uh, a poor sad individual who took the fall for something he shouldn't and these these people coming to terms with that but it, it, the only character and, and I'm, I'm glad that she survived the only character at all in the entire show that was three-dimensionally crafted was Dawn yeah and so, yeah I mean you're right but also we don't spend nearly enough time with her for her to become a real heroine exactly you know it like and it just gets everything wrong yeah she isn't by the end i mean she's turning herself in which is it's not even a heroic thing to do it's the right thing to do yeah and so, kira poor kira sleeps through the ending and she, like uh, the, the character who was who'd taken women's defense courses who had that's a great line but he was like you can't like when they were talking about her going back to be a nurse and um like peter says to her, i mean you kept noah alive yeah. Did you see Noah on that last day? I'm pretty like he was like, "Kill me, kill me." And she's like, "What? Save you? Okay then. Come uh-huh. off some more skin. Yeah. Prolong your pain. <laughs> you got it. It's just I, I don't know. I don't know what I expected from the last episode. Probably not a lot. But I think the fact that, that I think my the, the last straw, and I, I can take it no more, Bo, um, was the fact it took twenty five minutes and a 45-minute episode to kind of conflate the first reveal of what you were saying, the kind of uh, Return of the King, the first of three reveals that Judith is finally coming to terms that, one, she's the killer, and two, the audience should know that. I think that's when I was like, they don't really care. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't really care, and if they don't really care, I mean, it makes it incredibly difficult. Not impossible, but it makes it incredibly difficult for me to care. And... Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I. This is worse than season one, which mm-hmm. surprises me because I did. Soon as I finished this last night, I went right online because, like, I genuinely both me and Bo 
have went through the entire season episode by episode not reading anything to do with it online. So I didn't know anything that was happening. So that the end, as you can hear it, my reaction shocked me <laughs> over how stupid it actually was. But I did the deep dive on the reviews. Critically speaking and review-wise, this is rated higher than Slasher Season 1, which just blows my fucking mind. Yeah, that, that's just incorrect. It's wrong. <laughs> it's just yeah. wrong. I mean, it, not to say that season one is a good season of television, Mm-mm. but it's at least more surprising, I guess. It's a slasher TV show. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it did what it said on the tin. It was a guy who, right, it was using the deadly sins, but it was a like mastic executioner killer going around slashing up people um, who had sinned in the tin. Right, and this one here, it's just a kind of a horrible amalgam of, of just like bad kind of cliches, bad tropes, and rehashed ideas from infinitely better subject matter. Yeah, yeah. Like everything we're comparing it to is head and shoulders light years better than what this is. So, and you don't want to do that if you're going to borrow an idea from something. You kind of want to put your own stamp on it, and this one doesn't at all. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it, it's a bad season. Uh, yeah. All right, well, Ooh. Duncan, Ooh. here's here's what we've got coming up. Oh, tell me, tell me, it's good. So uh, next next episode in two weeks. Yeah, uh, we will not be live. It will in fact be a pre recorded episode so that I can do the editing necessary mm-hmm. for uh, our next look at the next album in the Duran Duran filmography, which uh, in this case is Rio. Yes. So we will be examining the album Rio. You can uh, join us here in two weeks for that. And then a month from now, four weeks from now, we will be beginning <laughs> Slasher Season 3, Episode 1. And in, in the interest of full disclosure, I said to you, mm. you know, we could just <laughs> skip Season 3 and go straight to Season 4, which has David Cronenberg at least. And you were like, no, no, no. The, we we are completists. We are going yeah. to do this right. Yeah. And so we are going to do Slasher Season 3. The reason I point this out is so that on Episode 3 or 4, when you say, this is terrible, <laughs> then I can say, you know, we had an out. We could we could have done this differently. We, we have had that option whilst watching many bad things. We've always had the ability to pull the ripcord and... and uh, and eject out. I think I think we owe it to our listeners to to get right through season three and get to that season four. Um it does mean another sixteen weeks. I I think by my reckoning we'll be finishing Slasher season three about the end of the year. Uh-huh. Um which means we are kicking off a brand new year of DBCC with season four of Slasher, which has David Cronenberg. So, yeah. So which feels good feels right and also I, I don't know if we could you you did see you wanted to do it which means i think we can maybe for the first time ever announce uh a, like the next season of dbcc's topic um well in advance which feels insane because we'll not be touching that until what fucking april next year uh which feels a, a long way away but i've somehow managed to talk you into allowing me to pick the content which never fucking happens um and as a result we will be doing a deep dive 
um, of about seven episodes. I think it's seven in total. Yeah. Um, on the entire, uh, the entirety of the cinematic world of the Pink Panther. That's right. Specifically, Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. Which means we'll be covering the original, um, you know, Pink Panther movie. We'll be covering a shot in the dark for those that are kind of like, well, that's technically not a Pink Panther movie. You are right. It technically isn't a Pink Panther movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be covering that. We'll be covering the, and there's some that I imagine, there's at least one that I haven't seen, which is one of the Steve Martin ones. I watched the first one that was awful, but we'll be coming back to that. Um but we'll be doing the American one that they did. Yeah. Where uh, where Clouseau was replaced by an American actor. That didn't turn out well. And we'll also be doing the one where Clouseau is, uh, well, the guy that played Clouseau, Peter Sellers, the late great Peter Sellers, was dead and they retconned him into a movie. And the one where they had a son. So we're- That's Roberto Benigni, I think? <laughs> yes, he's fucking great as well. <laughs> it's really, really, really good. It's- he's a lot better than steve martin um, it, what's funny is you have a lot of affection for the pink panther films and this i lose my mind that you don't and i've only ever seen the original pink panther and i was like eh it's not for me he's, he's a side character in that as well so he's yeah. not even the main character so i can't wait like the the joy that we will have watching Peter Sellers interact on screen with Herbert Lom is going to be a pure, pure joy. Herbert Lom is almost as good as Peter Sellers in those movies. He's like that fucking close. And that is saying a lot because Peter Sellers is a comedic fucking genius. Um, and Herbert Lom is just behind him as in Chief Inspector Dreyfus, uh, who in one of those movies goes full Bond villain and tries to destroy the world. <laughs> Okay. What what is the world? What is the price of the world and all its people in comparison to one little man, Clouseau? <laughs> Give me Clouseau. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm I'm excited <laughs> so about this uh, because I I have no reverence at all for the Pink Panther movies. I'm yeah. I, it could be a thing where suddenly I discover that I really like a bunch of movies, or it could mm-hmm. be. Uh, maybe more entertainingly, a situation where you are constantly delighted, and I'm not, <laughs> and, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't think any of this is funny. It's weird because I grew up on them, so the, the, these are these are movies. The, the only thing that's given me kind of worry about them is that I've mentioned before, I'm not a fan of them all, but I am a fan of the James Bond movies, and the reason I am is I grew up with James Bond. They were on the TV in the UK, like, every Easter, every Christmas, they would play them on loop. You would get, like, a Bond season. So I've I've grown up with James Bond as an integral part of my, like, filmic watching as a kid. Like I say, I don't like... I like about 50% of the Bond movies. I don't like them all. Mm. Um, And, like, Pink Panther is the same for me. Like, my, my... Like, I... Have distinct memories of of watching them as a kid with my granddad and uh, howling with laughter as he held with laughter beside me. So, I, I, I'm 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 genuinely curious because they are they are the most base level simplistic comedy, which I know you do really like. Mm-hmm. So I'm just hoping that they they hit you just right. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a Pink Panther movie in 
25 years so Holy shit man oh, so it's gonna be good it's yeah gonna be good. that that's that's what you have to to look forward to here uh listeners and viewers so. it's a short run it'll run about the same length of time as each season of slasher for us and then we will pick something else to do well yeah. there's plenty out there that we can turn our hat to so and if you uh, I, if you have some ideas for what you want to hear after uh all the slasher stuff them. and the pink panther stuff them power. uh yeah keep it to yourself no, no, no. You can drop me a line at <laughs> at bo uh, at bo at legionpodcasts.com if you have a uh, uh, a recommendation, or just you know hit, hit me up over at Legion Podcasts yeah. on uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Any of those will work. Um, and last uh, question: If they yeah. do a slasher season five, do we come back and do it? Are yeah. we now committed to doing slasher moving you forward? Know, let's not commit to anything just yet. <laughs> let's see how three and four go because it may be a thing we're like we're done we're <laughs> like we are out. <laughs> yeah like you brought david cronenberg into the mix and you still fucked it up so we're not let's i i that's yeah i don't want to commit to that yet that's like yeah. that's like dating somebody with a new baby you know yeah. like <laughs> let's take this slow let's see how this all works out I'm, let's not adopt anything right away uh you know what that's like duncan Oh, of course, yeah. Um, so, uh, Duncan, <laughs> yes. If if people wanted to hear more out of you and your ludicrous schemes, <laughs> <laughs> where would they do such a thing? Well, there's like loads of exciting things happening right now. The summer series has officially kicked off since the last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. So, by the time this episode drops, the first three of those will be out. So, twenty ten, twenty eleven. And the over seven hour long 2012 episode will be available for you guys to check out. Uh, Bo Ransdell does appear in that season. He will make his first appearance on 2014. Mm-hmm. So we will probably be recording our real episode or the real episode will be dropping by the time that one is out. Yeah. So please check that out because that season, a lot of blood, sweat, tears and fun. So much fun conversation happening with that series so it's underwear will be running right through until the end of september and uh yeah well, while i'm promoting things that bo's involved with please check out that opera on the episode that we just dropped on the curious case of benjamin button where we spend about the first 45 minutes just giggling mm-hmm. <laughs> and comparing it to other movies in delightfully absurd and often entertaining ways um and yeah, you'll be. We're, we're kind of close to closing that out now. We only have, what I think, three movies left. Four. four yeah, movies left three, to do. three or four. It's uh, we've got Social Network, um, Gone Girl, Gone Girl, Mank, and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Girl so with the Dragon four. Tattoo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have four, four movies left to do. So um, yeah. So we're kind of we're kind of rending out that as well. But yeah, the conversations over there always a blast. You can check out all those things on tputzcast.com and for the main show podcast under the stairs. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just type in podcast under the stairs. Well done. Uh, and of course, you can find this uh, program and lots and lots more over at legionpodcasts.com uh from myself and a number of other very talented podcast creators and uh so join us over there if you're uh so inclined you can also uh hop over on the patreon it's only a couple of bucks we don't ask uh too much out of you and there's a lot of like exclusive and early access content on the uh the patreon these days so um a lot of stuff a lot of stuff for a couple of bucks a month uh and 
and it helps us, you know, keep the lights on. We uh, we pay for all the server costs. Uh, so one thing I often point out, Duncan, is that uh, we do not use a mainstream uh, podcatcher uh, mm-hmm. as, as our our host. We host all the stuff our own selves, and uh, so yep. we have a little more control over it. And uh, you know that that ain't free. It turns out that people yeah, want money for goods money. and services. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of stupid capitalism. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, you know, thanks to our patrons, uh, we we can pay for that as well as uh, a bunch more stuff, and and hopefully um, are bringing you the kind of entertainment that's worth a couple of bucks every every thirty days or so. So mm-hmm. uh, at any rate. That's enough out of me and enough out of you, quite frankly, Duncan. So <laughs> so the only thing left to do is to uh, thank everyone for watching and listening and to uh, to say to my pal uh, Duncan, say goodnight, Duncan. To say to my pal uh, Duncan, goodnight, Duncan. <laughs> you, you screwed it up. You screwed it up. You screwed it up. You said, I copied you. All right, bye. Authentic. Listen back. Listen to the release the documents. Release the transcript. Yeah. Hashtag release the Snyder cut. <laughs> All right.